This is Good Riddance the Podcast. And we here. We're back. We back. Like we never left. I feel like uh I like Jordan in this shit right now. I feel good. We were just here. We were just here, but yeah. long enough, but short enough to come right back. Good content, same as always. We want to welcome everybody to uh, Good Riddance, the podcast. Um, thank you to all the listeners, to all the supporters. I am your host, Ivory. Ive, whatever you uh, prefer to call me, alongside my trusty co-hosts. What do you call? What do you, what do you want to call yourself? Can I introduce to, to tell the people. Uh, they already know him as Jay. Uh, you could come up with any any figures you want to down the road. Hey, that's how we do it. That's right, man. But um, I don't know. So what are we feeling like, man? This week's been a pretty pretty merry-go-round kind of week. You know, a lot of couple things going on. Yeah. Uh, some ideas that got scoped up into our minds, some conversations that uh, need to be sparked. What you feeling like right now? Week was good. Weekend was all right. Um, did I do anything this past weekend? Uh, what did I do? I didn't do shit this past weekend, man. I was just mostly like just... Hanging out with my baby girl, uh, family shit, just kind of, you know, going through the motions with that, man. Uh, work has been taking up 90% of my fucking time, which I need to fucking, uh, that's a conversation to be had. We probably, we probably dive into some shit like that. What is that? You said time? Um, hmm? You said time? Just work. Just, it's like a huge, like, time-consuming Dig shit. into it. No, what are we going to wait for? What you feeling like? What you mean? But tell, 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 the, people how you, tell the people how your week, man. Oh, how, how you feeling, man? No, no, they'll find out, bro. They'll find out. They'll, they'll, they'll hear my stories within this podcast, bro. But I, w- I want to know what you mean. What's up with work? Man, I don't know, man. Break it's it down. Just, I'm tired of the suit and tie. I'm tired of the corporate fucking... Mumbo-jumbo? Monogamous fucking... Is monogamous the word? Yeah, monotony. Monotony is the word. Yeah, there you go. I was like, monogamous wait, wait. is not... <laughs> I was like, damn, bro, we still in a conversation from last week. Hey, excuse me. <laughs> it may be Jack talking. Yeah, oh, shit, man. Hey, speaking of Jack. That'd be kind of quick if it was talking already. You yeah. should be worried. Yeah. I'm scared of you. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but, um, yeah, man, um, I'm just tired of it, man. I've been, I've been, I've been looking for quite some time at, uh, a way to effectively transition myself out of what I'm doing now, but not compromising the amount of money that I do make because the amount of money that I make is is not enough, right? I live in LA, so uh, <laughs> by all means, it's not enough, but it's, it's enough. enough. It's never enough, right? But it's especially in here in LA, but it's enough to make you comfortable, right? I feel like that's what these corporations do is that they give you enough to where you fall into this kind of uh, cycle, just this cycle that you become content, Ooh, right? They okay. put enough on your plate. They say, here's just annual salary. This Ooh. is where you're going to be positioned at. These are the bonuses you can make. Ooh. And it puts you on this treadmill and just put something really great just outside of your reach to keep you running. You think you're making all the progress in the world, but once you hit stop on that treadmill and you turn around, you ain't going no fucking where, man. Man, it, oh, you know what? For, for those viewers just listening in, the real talk button just turned on. This man is speaking some knowledge. Keep keep speaking, hey, they man. Said for, that, for those they, that, they said, um, I, like when you, I like when you said that bit, that, that, that talk button. 
You know what the uh, the big red button theory is? What's that? You tell your baby boy, don't touch that big red button. It's going to eat him alive until uh, finally he <laughs> he hits that fucking button. And it, <laughs> okay. it's just, it, it, that's what it is. And I feel like you just, but you just hit a button, though. Think about it. How many people are probably listening to this right now that are working? You know, these these day jobs. But, you know, is is it weird, though? I don't know. I guess looking at it from a bigger perspective, it's kind of scary when you consider this. When you really start just absorbing like what you just said, you you get you're given a job that you're that that, that creates comfort. It's on purpose. And, it, and, and it's on purpose. That's the scary part. It's on purpose. I'm scared. And beyond the fact about it being on purpose, mm-hmm. they make you illusionize the fact that you can actually do something with yourself when in the end, the odds of that happening is a needle in a haystack. It's very hard. It's very difficult, right? Like to penetrate the... To penetrate the, the the surfaces that you're trying to break through, especially when you're in a in a huge corporation like we work in, because you're doing it. There's so many people like you. But but let me ask you something though. There's people there's that might be even doing it better than you. But let me let me ask you this though. Do, would would you consider the fact that because there's some people that have been that have been in this game for 30, 40 plus years mm-hmm. in the same position? What do you think gets created? I mean, do you think that's more of a state of mind or it's more of a person kind of thing? Because me, I don't know. If I were to analyze myself, mm-hmm. right, and I look back at myself and I say, okay, how much money could I be content with? What could I be doing that makes me feel happy? How much is enough? And it's awkward to think because if I were to be asked a number, what's an annual salary you'll be comfortable with? It's so hard for me to even answer that question. It is. I mean, it's just because of, um, bro, we in America, so we already have standards that are way higher than what people outside of America would 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 uh would accept. Yeah. Right. So we already have a skewed. We already have a skewed worldview. Right. Like we say we're grateful, but like. In reality, I don't think we're grateful enough for our uh, for the the blessings or the favor that we have. But at the same time, we want to. We live in L.A. is another thing. It's expensive as fuck. It's mad expensive. Right. Um, so 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 what you ask is a, is, is a very good question that like we all should be forced to like think about and at one point or another, come up with an answer for. But, like, if you were doing exactly what you wanted to do mm-hmm. and your salary was what it is right now, would you be Would you be content? No. I think I would. I wouldn't be. Me personally, if I was doing exactly what I wanted to do and, I'm, and my salary was where it is now, I think I would be okay for now. Like, I would be... No, see, now you're changing the definition. You said content. Content would be long-lasting. So you wouldn't be content either. Well, for, for, for the time being. 
right? You would settle for less because what I'm because if I was doing exactly what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. like I say, I would be content for now because, of course, I'm always looking to to continuously make more every single year until the, until I'm over the hundred k mark until I'm living super super comfortably. But see, you know, I, I okay. But what would you what would you consider? What would be a dollar amount? Just just for the view. I mean, well, for the listeners, you know, just I mean, just throw out a number. What would you say is a comfortable annual income that you would say if I had this income, that's it. Like I wouldn't bother nobody for nothing. I would be content. Are you talking about now? Or are you talking about no, my on, end game on a, on a permanent end game? Like, what would you need to have? Or what would you want to have right now? Because remember, one thing is that you got a little girl. Yeah. All right. For the listeners that don't know, you got a little girl. Mm-hmm. And as you know, us as parents, you know, because I, I, I got a daughter and I got a son. We make sacrifices, some pretty deep and hefty sacrifices. And then sometimes we sit back and we say, damn, I could have done this, but I chose to do this because of that. You know, there, there's always that little that, that, that end point. Right. Right. But the thing would be is that if you were to be given an opportunity to be able to have, let's say, a good, like for me, as, as crazy as it sounds, I think I would be happy, content with a salary that would basically give me a bare minimum of at least $350 million a year. Sounds stupid, I know. Sounds crazy. That sounds crazy as fuck because what I was thinking was way different. <laughs> because because when you make that money, mm-hmm. I mean, Big said it years ago, more money, more problems. Right. Would you and we I think we talked about this a little bit before. Are you I don't know. Is when you make money like that? You got to be supplying others like you have to be like paving the way, like giving opportunity to other people to to better themselves, to at least hope and dream of you get what I'm saying, like a, a position like that. You know, like you think about like LeBron James, you think about the the type of. Work he's doing, he's doing exactly what he wants. He's doing exactly what he loves. And he's touching money that people, like I would say, 2% of the nation is ever going to even get to touch. I'm not, that's, that was a, a fact that I pulled out of my head. I, I, that's not verified. But, but at the same time, he's empowered and enabled his best childhood friends to become businessmen. But you're referring to giving back then. At the, yeah, that, I mean, you can't make three hundred fifty k a year in like million. Or I'm sorry, you can't make three three hundred fifty million a year and just deposit it all in in, in Wells Fargo. No, no, no. Of course not. No, <laughs> what, what what I would say is um, that'd be crazy. It's because you know, I truly, you know, I I don't know, man. The reason why I have such a big number in my mind, 
is because it's doable. I don't give a fuck. Like, there's so many people that just sit back and say, oh, my God, that's impossible. No, bitch. It's been done before. How you going to do it, though? Multiple times. But see, look, but many people have sat down having the same conversation. Mm -hmm. Bill Gates had the same conversation with Wozniak and everybody else with, you know, uh, this dude, Steve Jobs. They had the same conversation. They were just looking at how are we going to deliver on a product that can go big. They didn't see it becoming billions or they probably did. Who knows? But the bottom line is that these guys are billionaires, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it's it's one thing to be a millionaire. It's one thing to be a billionaire. You see, because I would want to be a billionaire. And I, I look at being a billionaire not as a status, but as an opportunity, as an ability. Because if you have that much money, can you imagine how much you really contribute to a community, to a nation at that point? Not even a community, a nation. You see, it's one thing when you're LeBron James and you could contribute to a community. It's another thing when you're Jay-Z and you could contribute to a city. But when you're a Steve Jobs, rest in peace, uh, Bill Gates. But I feel like a person like LeBron does like contribute in some way. Like No, 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 of course. But not, I'm talking about to a community. A money bro. thing. I mean, well, no, no, I know. But, but think about it. Consider if LeBron James was worth five billion, right? Mm-hmm. He could do so much more than what he's doing now. He's limited in his own resources because of his own funding. Imagine that. I mean, I agree. You know, but I mean, he's doing shit that like, you know, and that he was not supposed to do. Statistically, he just opened up a school in Akron, Ohio. Well, yeah, and that's what I mean. He, he's he's doing good with his money. All right, no, no, I'm not taking that away from him. But I'm just saying that I guess my, my mindset or my goal, because you know what, man, I, I guess it bugs me, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think I mentioned this before to you that, you know, there's a hedge fund manager. Hedge fund manager making over a billion dollars a year as a salary. That's a salary. Do you realize that people are worth, net worth a billion? You realize that Jay-Z's net worth is about 500 million with P. Diddy being in the same boat? They're worth half a billion dollars, and this dude or these people are making their lifetime earnings doubled and tripled every fucking year. But just think about that on a smaller scale. Thinking about that on a smaller scale. That's crazy. Oh, my god! A lot of people don't aspire to to have that much money. They just want to do what they love, make a comfortable living for themselves and their family— and call it a day. No, that, that's true. That, that's why that's why it exists. The worker bee exists for a reason. That's why there's a queen bee. Queen bee is just chilling, enjoying all the benefits. Meanwhile, the worker bees bust their ass for the queen and for their peoples. I was listening to Elon Musk on um, the Rogan podcast, Joe Rogan Experience. Yeah. That's a pretty dope podcast. I love that shit. Yeah, definitely a good one. Absolutely. Shout out to him. And and. and and this is a side note, but the reason why I love that shit is because they just make it like super conversational. Um, and it's like, uh, this motherfucker, be ha- he has people on his podcast that I never fucking heard of, that I, that I just heard of kind of casually just passing by. And like when I'm listening to his podcast, I don't even mind it. A lot of podcasts, they have guests or, you know, they bring people on. If I don't recognize the name... Like, then I probably won't listen. 
right? Mm-hmm. But Joe Rogan, he he just has a podcast like it'll say fucking Joe Blow. I don't know who the fuck Joe Blow is, but I'm still listening. I'm still intrigued. I'm still like 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 attached to the conversation because they're just talking about some interesting shit. One dude was talking about some fucking fishing. I never been fishing. I don't really resonate or care too much about fishing, but like I was still listening. Like, oh shit, like this shit sounds pretty dope. I need to fucking plan a fucking fishing trip. Right? So that's what I like about it. Right. But 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 back to it, Elon Musk was talking about he wants to build a train in LA because he he lived in LA for almost 20 years or something like that. And that's where, this is where he primarily lives. And ever since he's been here, traffic has always been horrible. So he wants to build a train that's underground. And he's, ca- he's just so casually said it. And Joe Rogan was like, all right, give me more. He's like, yeah, and uh, I just want to build it. And then he's like, Okay, like, who do you go to when you have these crazy ideas? He's like, oh, well, I have a friend. I brought it to him. And he was just so casually talking about it. And to me, I'm sitting there and I'm like, this motherfucker sounds crazy. But then, in in, in retrospect, when I hit pause on the video, I'm like, this is why this motherfucker is who he is. This is why he has the money he has, the influence he has, the the companies and the, and the fucking foresight that he has because he's so fucking crazy. Joe Rogan's like, how are you going to make that work? He's like, oh, I don't even know yet. Joe Rogan's like, so you haven't thought it through? He's like, oh, well, kind of. I found a, a place in L.A. where I can dig a ditch. So we dug a ditch. Rogan's like, okay, what, when you dug a ditch, what'd you see? He was like, oh, I don't know. Seems like an okay idea. Then he says, but doing something this massive, something this big in L.A. is a horrible idea. So Rogan's like, so are you going to do it? He's like, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, but you just said it was a horrible idea. He's like, I know. I'm not trying to convince you that it's a good idea. I know it's a horrible idea. I'm just gonna like you know. What I'm and, and and to me, I'm like, I gotta, I, like I gotta. I'm striving to get to such a fucking level, level of like, like. I I thought that was intellectual as fuck. You just gotta shoot. You just gotta fucking shoot. But, but you just gotta go for it. Consider one thing though. Do you know what this man's net worth is? I, I, I get that. No, 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 no. See, I get that. Because remember that. You're, Wait, I get his net worth. We just all had, I'm talking we just about a conversation is his, All I'm talking about is his fucking um, just mindset. mindset. That's my point. It's just but, mindset. I don't have to make a million dollars to have that mindset. Yeah, well, no, that's right. You have to make billions of dollars to have that mindset. But uh, I don't. But but that's what I'm saying. This dude is worth over $21 billion plus. $21 billion plus. Because of what? Tesla. It's, it's not because of accident. Or is it is it Tesla or Tesla? Tesla. Right? Tesla. Yeah. It's 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 that wasn't an accident. Of course not. But guess what? It was that type of thinking that got him to that level. And all I'm saying is, I need to do that type of thinking. I need to consistently be like, this is what I want to do. It sounds crazy as fuck. Let me figure out how to do it and take the fucking shot. So because <clears throat> one time or another, one's got to go in. Yeah. 
I equate life to basketball. Steph Curry comes out and he missed five five straight threes. He shoots five three pointers. He misses them. That motherfucker's gonna keep shooting because all it takes is one. That's all it takes. And I just need to get to that that level where I'm like, okay, this is what I need to do. This is how I'm gonna do it. But you know, but it go it goes to that level though, and and that's exactly why I'm I'm saying I want to make that type of money, man. Like that's the like. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm over. No, I don't think I'm overshooting it. I think. I think I just want that type of. That I I I just got that type of vision. I think that's basically it. Like I just got a vision that, I don't know what's gonna get me there yet. I don't know which vehicle I'm going to go ahead and use because there's a lot of ideas. There's always a lot of ideas. There's always a lot of uh, thought processes that go into, oh, if we do this, this might be this. So if I keep doing this, I might do that. I mean, there's so much in, in between. But my end result is I want to be able to be at that level because you realize that once you're at that level, you know, Granted, you're not going to be trying to make big mistakes just because you got all that money. But in reality, you're not as worried as others may be, right? Oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to build a, a subway station or whatever the fuck he said he's I'm, I'm going to build. It's a bad idea, but, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. What the fuck? Okay, like you just convinced me that it's a bad idea. So I'm still going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to buy a thousand acres of land and I'm going to build skyscrapers in the middle of nowhere. And this is going to be the new Dubai. Bro, this dude, I mean, he's putting a lot of money into some shit like this and he's not even convinced it's going to work his damn self. And that's what I mean, though. But it's the fact that that, but no, he must have some type of convincement in his mind. There has to be some type of conviction there because it's someone with that type of capability, because I don't like to believe that. Billionaires are careless with their money. I don't think so. I think they're venturers. They're venturous. They're risk takers. So if you think about it, let's look at the bigger picture. If it were to be successful, what are the rewards? A lot of fucking money. A lot of money, right? Right. Or not even a lot of money, but a lot of different ways that... uh, Because, I mean, think about it. If you can provide transportation to a lot of people, you're doing a service. Mm-hmm. To a city, not a community, but to a city. Yep. You see, you, you, you're 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 producing more tax dollars. You're producing more jobs. You're producing more health benefits. You're producing more four hundred one k retirement plans. You you're, you're doing you're producing an, at least an additional two hundred to three hundred thousand worker bees that are prepared to keep being at those jobs for the rest of their lives. Happy. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So there's got to be some type of reward. So like I said, I don't think they just jump into this just like, oh, oh of wow, course, of know. course, of course, he's like aiming for uh, the the payout, the reward. But what I'm saying is I'm, I'm, I'm not even talking about exactly like what he's attempting to do. I'm just strictly talking about just the mindset. Like, I think every day, like, I don't want to do this job for so long. But yet, like, I'm always looking for... The way out of it. But you find your way back. Right. I find my way back. But the thing I'm looking for is like I'm looking to get out of it. But like I'm looking for like the perfect escape route. 
Like, what is stopping me? Maybe that's from, the problem. What is stopping me from Monday morning walking in with my two-week notice in my hand? Maybe that's it, bro. Maybe, you know, for, for the viewers, I mean, I keep saying viewers, man. We got we to gotta record this next time. For the, for the listeners, let's, let's consider this. If you consider getting up in the morning and saying, you know what, man, I'm done with this job. The reason why we don't walk away from it that easy, because you just, you just gave the answer. You haven't found the perfect scapegoat. And that's the biggest problem because there will never be a perfect scapegoat. You're right. But I feel like with a three-year-old, I need to I, – I feel like I need to have that. Maybe I that's like the risk you have. You got to run. Have you ever considered – you know, and I, I think about that all the time. There, there, was a, there was this thing I read many times, and I, and I, <clears throat> it's, um, I find this to be very interesting because mm-hmm. I know where, where I fall in this category after I kept reading it. <clears throat> and that was there's, there's two types of people. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is generics, by the way, this isn't like to the team, but this is like there's two types of people in certain spectrums, which is one is someone that reacts on impulse. Right. Off the bat, just impulse reaction. Whoop! this happened. I got a reaction. Whoop! this happened. I got a reaction. Then you have the comfort person that only reacts when it is absolutely necessary, like the chips are down. My back is against the wall, and now I decide to make a move. Considering that I saw that my wall was, like, even if you saw that you, you were going to be pinned into a corner two years prior, you saw the vision. You had the unique ability to know that this was going to happen, but you still allowed it to happen. So right. you have these two types. Once again, you have the impulse, and then you have. There was there was a term for it, one that reacts on uh, um, emotion or no, uh, I, I no fear. There you go. Okay. So fear, you got impulse and fear. Now, the fear in this case, for example, there are people that have been at a job for many years and they know they're about to get the boot, but they're so fearful to actually give a two week notice because they have the ideal that maybe I'm going to be here for one more week. It's going to be one more week. It's going to be one more week. And this keeps going until the time happens. Once the boot is there, once the the, the end result has happened, Mm -hmm. fear kicks in yet again and reaction kicks in. I got to find a job. And then little do they realize that they actually found a job a whole lot quicker than what they really thought they would be able to. Yeah. But in reality, if they would have made these moves and had the calculated precision to react on impulse at the beginning, they might have been able to achieve something bigger, better, or even just sooner. Uh, and and I, I I learned about that like or I've I've heard about that um just that whole thing that you just talked about a different way. Mm-hmm. There's the people who are proactive, mm-hmm. and there are the people who are reactive. The proactive people they go out they force opportunities. Right. They put themselves in a position where they're demanding that opportunity, demanding that respect, demanding what they get in their life. Right. And there's the people who only act. When it's necessary. When they're told to leave, they get up and leave. Yeah, right? So absolutely. think about it like this. When you when you live somewhere and you're renting versus ownership, your landlord any day can come up to you and say, all right, well, I'm selling a place. The new yeah. owners are going to come in. They're jacking up the rent, 500 bucks. Stay or go. Stay or go. Now you got to figure out how am I going to come up with an extra $500 every single month or let me find another place to go. 
But if you own some shit, there's not a motherfucker in the world that can say anything. And when you're ready to sell the place, you sell the place on your own time. That's right. When you're ready to go up on your on the rent, like, you know what I mean? There's the people who do, and there's the people who get done, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The big red button. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So, that like... big red button, yeah. And, 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 like, I don't... Like, I'm still, like, trying to come up with, like, the fucking wherewithal to, to just say, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. Monday morning... I will be finding my manager, and I will be handing them a nice little sealed envelope with my two-week notice in it. They can like it or not, but maybe that'll light the fire to be like, yo, get out there and go make what you want to happen, happen. Instead yeah. of, like, just trying to find that perfect exit, the perfect exit is likely not to be there. And I'm blessed enough to like have made a couple solid solid connections in my corporate job that you know i'd be able to navigate a little bit well but let me ask you this much go i mean because I, I like how you just kind of added that at the end that you can you have the ability because you make connections but if i may yeah have you ever like you know because i you know, how do, how do I say this, man? Because I, I find myself in the middle. I don't like to agree with it, but then I can't d disagree with it too much, which is... Talk to me. I mean, is it is it realistic to believe that minorities have a harder time finding a high-place, high-paying job in comparison to... And when I say in comparison to, I don't just mean... A white person but I actually mean because I mean you know there's a lot of Arabs that I know mm -hmm. they came from other countries and they're and they're they're sitting in the high tables there's a lot of Persians sitting in the high tables there's a there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of you know external people Englishmen sitting in high tables and for some reason it's just like wow what is it that these countries provide or bring to the table or what unity do that does the do do those cultures bring to the table that they could continuously find themselves in great amazing positions? Asians are another one, for example. You got Chinese, uh, you know. You got Japanese in some cases. I mean, the, you know, Koreans are are like business owners for the most part, you know, in in various cases. But you have a lot of them being in high tables for the most part. But. It's like it's almost weird because you can always you can always find a Hispanic manager. You can always find a black district manager. But very yes. rarely do you find them in the chairman's tables. Do you, very rarely do you see them in the CEO spectrum. And they exist. But when I say they exist and this is where the one ops come into play. Mm -hmm. And this is why I really wanted to bring this up. Because lately, if you look at the spectrum of, let's say, minorities that actually do have a lot of money, they they have a lot of money based on industries where they make money off the same minorities that are still suppressed. Now, let me let me dive into this. You got the owner of FUBU. Black. All right? Damon John. Damon John. Yeah, Damon John, right? Mm-hmm. So Damon in this case, Mr. Damon, I'll say in this case, right? Mr. John. 
to yeah. you, brother. Yeah, Mr. John, there you go. <laughs> you know, he's, shout out to him. He's, he's a shark. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a shark, man. I, lo- I love him on Shark Tank, man, because that dude's straightforward. And you know what? He he came from the, the, the he came from his what is that uh, from his basement to to the high table. But here's my thing, though. I got a beef with. I like. I love Shark Tank. I do got a small beef with it, but keep going. We'll get to that. I'll bring it up later. Just don't forget about it. So my thing would be that, but if you consider it, he made his millions off of the minority. Right. He didn't make it off the white people that are well off. And I, and when I say white people, I don't want you guys to consider like all white people, you know, because I mean, there's not there's it's statistically proven that for those that don't know. Uh, that white people actually, you know, consume more of the welfare mm-hmm. in the United States than the minority does. Just want to know, throw that out there. But what I'm just talking about the, I guess you call them the privilege, right? So right. you didn't make money off these people. You made money off the minority. Mm-hmm. And then you 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 picked your bones. You you created a, a dynasty off the minority. Mm-hmm. You have rappers that do the exact same thing. Rappers make money off the minority. So. All these big people that we know of, LeBron James, makes money off the minority. When you look at that court side, when you look at that arena, it's filled with our minority. It's filled with our people. And then on the front row seats, which is very limited, I mind you, you have a couple of movie stars. Yeah, you have you have a lot of different people mixed into it. But by the way, we're watching the the, the Golden Toronto State. Golden State game. Good game, <laughs> as by we the speak, way. on mute. In the background. But look how, look how packed that place is. But going to my point, to all of this, everybody makes money off the minority. Mm-hmm. Everybody. The big, big billionaires make money off these people that are making money off of us. Well, I just feel like that was a, that's, you, you said, said a you lot. Said, you said, said a lot. deep I got into that right for a second? You, you, you actually said a lot. But to kind of rewind and kind of go a little bit back in conversation, which you brought up in your earlier uh, in your, in your early assessment, mm-hmm. you said you started talking about not just white people, but there's other uh, groups of people yeah. who find themselves in, in positions. positions of power in those meeting rooms with uh, people of influence. Right. But you you don't see a lot of minorities in those positions. Well. I mostly think, I think the biggest disconnect is the way we were, the way we were taught, just growing up, what we see, you know what I'm saying, on the, on, on, on just a regular basis. But, but that's a, but see, the reason why I have a problem with that is because that's a long-term conversation that has been brought up many moons so my thing is but when when exactly do we get it when, when are we supposed to understand that this is i don't know the but way we need to be the generation that drives the next one just think about it like this if my dad god rest his soul that man was a mountain that man was one of the hardest working men i ever met in my fucking life right right he was a fucking giant like he did everything for everybody every single time he came through no matter what but I'm just thinking, what if my dad would have owned the sh- even the shittiest pieces of property? And when he passed, he was able to pass that down to me or my, bro- you know what I mean? Pass that down to me and my brother. Now, we now have a chip. Right? May not be worth a million dollars, may not be worth a lot, but nevertheless, it's a chip. 
Now we can do it what we will. We can either fuck it off. We can figure out how to maximize it. Right. And take that and get something better. Okay. Right? Because I don't know where I heard this from. I wish I knew where it was so I can, like, give credit where it's due. But they somebody said, you're only worth what you can negotiate. <laughs> you, like, you get what I'm saying? You could be working for your company oh right now. You could be hitting... You could be hitting two hundred percent of goal every every month, deep. right? You could be hitting two hundred percent of goal every month. That big ass corporation that you work for is not gonna walk through the door and say, "Hey, you've been doing so great. Here's your raise. Here's your promotion. This is what we want you to do. This is gonna be your own salary." Bro, you I, need I, to. I don't. I don't mean to cut you off. But please repeat that to the listeners, man. That was that, that was impactful. Repeat the phrase to them, please. You are only worth what you can negotiate. Please proceed. So if you're hitting these goals, it's going to be very unlikely for them to walk through the door and say, here's this promotion, here's this raise, here's this, here's this, here's the company fucking car. Wow. But now, if you can sit there and you can figure out a way to get yourself to the top, but you're, but you're, with the gift of God that you may have, with the performance that you back it up with, with X, Y, and Z, now, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's people who are quote-unquote, like, you look at these net worths, of these, of these people, these very highly successful people with a lot of money and a lot of influence, you look at them, I'm almost willing to guess. I'm almost willing to bet half those people with those skill sets do not really, have not really mastered those skill sets. But they could talk like a motherfucker and they got a little bit of, a little bit of juice to back them up. But they're not as good as they say they are. Yeah, I could agree with that. They just found them. They just wound up in the right rooms rubbing shoulders with the right people, buying the right people drinks. Let me get you a cup of that Johnny Walker Blue. Let's have a discussion. That's real talk. You gonna, you, you know what I'm saying? Man, that real talk button is on tonight, bro. So it's kind of oh. like, it, it's kind of like, as, as minority, we need to, like, teach, like, our kids, like, from jump, like, credit. Bro, I didn't fully know what a mortgage was until maybe a year or two out of high school. Like, I knew mortgages, you needed it for a house, kind of, sort of, not really. Um, kind of, nah, bro. I took a class, in, and it made me think. I took a class in high school. It's called Life Skills. Oh, shit. Man, I forgot. Yeah, I took that class, too. Bro, I didn't have no fucking skills. Useless. It was a piece of shit. Take your vitamins. Fuck that. I mean, uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Not, not fuck that. But what I'm saying is, yeah. like, give me some life gems, some shit that I should be knowing that I probably fucking don't. How to balance a checkbook. Something as simple as that. Right. I mean, I mean, nowadays, people not balancing checkbooks anymore. I mean, we got we got we got online, you uh, know, okay, shit balance, that doesn't for us. Online banking. Right. Same shit. <laughs> balance. <your. laughs> but you know what I mean? It's kind of like it's crazy, bro. We work in finance. I talk to people who are way younger than me. Who are me in a sense? Who I right. think is me, and I be trying to drop gems like, "Yo, this is what you need to do." Don't be me when I was eighteen. When I was eighteen, I was fucking dumb. I was dumb. You I'm probably still dumb. I'm. I was dumb. You try to educate. 
I'll be trying to drop gems. And since we work in this finance field, bro, people come and they talk about their money and like it's one of the most vulnerable times people can get because when they talk about their money, they talk about what's important to them. They talk about what they're scared of. They talk about what they want to achieve. They Some people just don't know. Some people don't can't see five years into the future. They just living for that paycheck that's coming this Friday. So they can pay the rent and wait for the check that's coming in next Friday. That's real. Bro, it's not where it's at. That's real. That's not where it's at. Like, we got to find a way to fucking ingratiate ourselves in the city of Inglewood for a in particular reason. Like, we work in Inglewood. Like, you live in Inglewood. Like, because when you're driving down Manchester and you look right and you see all the construction going on and everything is ugly and the streets are blocked off because it's detoured and it's bumpy, right? That is the time. That's the time you want to pull the trigger and make some shit really, really, really happen. Because in a couple years, when you're driving down Manchester in your own prairie and you look right and instead of seeing all the construction, all you see is beautiful lights, full parking lots, fucking... Um, um, businesses everywhere that's gonna be the wrong fucking time to try to make a move you want because the clock is top the, the clock is stopped the white people have arrived <laughs> the asian people have bought you out of your house that's real now you have to you have no no choice at that point but to move to lancaster <laughs> to go to Vegas which no 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 slights to any of those cities I don't want to fucking live in Vegas though at all I like the allure of Vegas I like when I think in my head I'm going to Vegas I think I'm I like to think I'm going like to do some shit shit that's just where I stand on it man we were we like 40 minutes in man like but, keep going man what, what you got man we ain't talking look, about shit yet right. look you, you're absolutely right, though. You're absolutely right. And and I think that I think this is our bigger problem, man. I mean, because I, I just I, I look at the stuff, bro, because think about it, man. Mm -hmm. Like, if you look at the realistic spot, I mean, you mentioned something a little bit earlier that was intriguing to me. You know, like if you, you said, you know, if my Go pops would have had like some little spots, right, even some shitty spots. But if they if we would have just had them. You know, pass them down, so on and so forth, right? Because you got to pass them on to your daughter. But you know what's you crazy? You get some chips, you say, here, baby. When you pass away, you're dead and gone. You would have hoped you equipped your daughter with enough knowledge, enough smarts, enough resources to be like, this is what I'm going to do with this. But here's a flip, though. You know something, though? I wouldn't mm -hmm. want to pass her properties. Like, at least not at least not no... I mean, when I, when I say properties, I don't mean like apartment complexes in the city, I mean, or or in the in, in the neighborhood, bro. Who else you gonna pass it to? Well, here's here's what I would want, real shit. Mm -hmm. Because every time I think about, and and I've been getting this mindset lately, man. Because before I used to have this idea that all right, you gotta own apartment buildings, you gotta own houses, you know, and rent them out. But then I keep looking at it. I keep looking at the fact that, dude, I'm making money off the same minority. I'm making money off my people, and for whatever reason, that's starting to bug me a little bit more. I would prefer. To buy a commercial building and rent the motherfucker out to a Walmart, yeah. to a Target, to you know you like, gotta work your way into that position now. But I know, I know. But 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 that's my point though. Like if like it's to the point where I want to be able to say, 
I own the buildings that the white folk need to be able to have their businesses running and making money off the minority. I don't want to be the one taken from them. If that I mean, makes any sense. I prefer to take it from the big dog that's sitting up top pumping out the cash. I prefer to take that money. But just think about it like this. What if you owned an apartment building in Inglewood and you rented it out to some minorities, some black folks, some um, Latin folks, mm-hmm. um, Hispanic folks, some uh, right. Native American, you know, whomever, right? But instead of you trying to charge top dollar for where you're located, you say, you know what? This is the rent I'm charging. It's enough for me to make money and still be in the green, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not it's not high enough for you to be like having to break your pocket and try to figure out where the rent's coming from. Yeah, you get the, what I'm saying? Like, I, w- I would like, yeah, that I would like to do. You know what I'm saying? Like in that in that in that little sweet spot where it's like I'm still making money on my building. It's still it's still gonna do an okay job. I mean, not as good as it would do if I can charge top dollar, which you know. What if you were across the street from the forum? You could probably charge a couple thousand, but you're like, I'm charging just twenty five hundred. It's enough for me to make a little, a, a nice little chunk, but it's it's not a, it's not high enough where you got to break up, break your pocket, you got to compromise here or there. Now you just looking. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and and that's that's where I go with this. That you know. That overall, it's it's. it's it's imperative that we just we just get involved into businesses. It's imperative that we just do the best we can to provide solutions, you know, for our for our peoples. And I, th- I think that's what it just comes down to, man. I mean, I, honestly, I, th- I think my biggest grudge with the with with this na- with this nation in which I'm living in is that, you know, we're producing off of ourselves, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I guess looking at it, looking at it from a scope, there's really nothing wrong with it because in the end, I mean, we have to make money off of each other. That's, that's a God honest truth. You know, like the, like the dude that has a studio, right. he makes money off of us. You know, we, we utilize resources that they have to conduct our business, you know, and, and it works like that for everything across the board. Right. But I mean, I don't know. I, I just want to be, uh, you know, I need, I need to find a way to get to that level where I feel like I guess that self-righteousness of where I'm taking from the rich and not from the poor, that Robin Hood perspective. Robin Hood, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think that's basically what, I, what I'm geared at. My goal is going to be just that, you know, because if I do rent out those buildings, you know, for, for minority and stuff like that, I, you know, even when the, the, the pricing goes up, I don't want to have to raise it on them. Like yeah, I, I want to be, I, I want to be the building owner that's like, okay, look, man, I, I, this is what I think is reasonable, and this is where it's at, you know. And if I'm going to be raising rents, it's going to be to the freaking corporations. It's going to be to those big dogs that have enough to freaking spare the dollars and cents to make me make me some more money. Right. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I mean, that that's just you know some thought process in which we had, as it would relate to you know the money schemes and whatnot, and of course. Right. Let's jump into something else real quick, man. You mentioned a little bit earlier you had a problem with uh, you had a bone to pick with Shark Tank. I love that show. I love that show too. So I'm, I'm curious, what what bone are we picking right now? Uh, just all right. So I don't like how I gotta say this. All right, I like I know they want you know like if they're gonna come in, they're gonna give you money to back your business. 
I understand that. They mm-hmm. need to have they need to have an idea that's tried and proven. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when some businesses come in, it's a great idea. Like they execute it to the best of their ability, to the best of their knowledge. And when they need to have, if they're missing any aspect of the business, mm-hmm. they don't buy in. Mm. Does that make sense? I see what you mean. So you know what I'm like, if, if they don't bring a, a successful business to the table already, right. where they can just make it bigger. Like they, they, want, they, won't they want everything done. So, so Every, like so, if I walk in with a business, mm-hmm. an idea, let's say you walk in with an idea, right? And it's tried and proven. Like I was able to get it here. Right. And I, and one of them feel like they can truly, truly add to it. Like, bro, you're missing marketing. Like you need to get better at your marketing, but your idea rock solid. I'm going to write you an investment. I'm or I'm going to write you a, a, an offer, make you an offer. Hey, what if they did that? What if they did a, a, a show, like a Shark Tank show, but th- literally based on ideas? You know, there's so many people that come up with million-dollar ideas. They just yeah. don't have the resources to actually make it happen. Like, they, they need the money to actually be able to build or create what they have in mind. Bro, it, what if, it, is it, that may, it may exist. That just gave me an idea. What's that? Hey, what hey, if there was up. an app or, like, a website or a forum or online community where people with ideas— mm-hmm can go on there and and share their idea without getting robbed though because see that's yeah without the, without getting robbed of their idea yeah I would like a patent on the idea see you know is is there such I don't I don't think there's a such thing as an we idea we should probably patent. talk about this off the air <laughs> yeah, but 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 what I'm saying is like you got an idea uh huh maybe crazy maybe you but you believe in it yeah you just don't have the resources the network or whatever to make it happen mm-hmm. you go on there and you say my idea is um, I don't know, dog watching. That exists, but dog yeah. sitting. Okay. Right? You go on there and you say, this is the business I want to create. These are the ideas I have. This is X, Y, and Z. Somebody else goes on there and they're like, I agree with that. I think we can make that happen. I have a few resources. Maybe if I pair them with your resources, we can make something happen together. I mean, uh, there, there'll need to be a, a, a lot of... Uh, a lot of legalities in between. Right, like to protect people's ideas and their thoughts, right? I, to protect- I don't think there's a patent for that, though. I, I think because I've tried looking up once to see if you could patent an idea. No, I, know, I, know, I know you can patent a product. Patent a product. You can patent a process. You can patent the technology of a, uh, of a but product. But not an idea. Not, not, it needs to be something tangible. That's scary because, you know, there's so many ideas that you can... You know what? That would be such. That, you know what? That would be such an amazing thing. Can you imagine? You patent an idea, right? Mm-hmm. And a billionaire says he comes up with the same idea, but you patent it, and he says, "You know what? I'm gonna make that idea happen. You ain't gonna do shit." Well, here's the reason a, why here's is because an thousand, idea you can. Yeah. Well, the reason why is because an idea can change at a moment's notice. All you the could, more, all the more reason why you patent it because if, if the idea, let's say, because you're right, it can change. So let's just assume that the idea that's patented hasn't changed and it's still a good idea. And someone's willing to buy that idea off of you just to say, you know what, I'm going to take it forward. I don't think that would work. No? Because what if you patent an idea, mm-hmm. your idea changes when you, when, you, when you come up with the tangible of it. Well, that's up to you if whether you bought it or not. But it's your idea. You ain't got to buy shit. 
that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. If, if you had the ability if you to pat- if you could patent an idea, oh my god, nobody would come up with anything ever because yeah. everybody's like, oh, I thought of that, right. so I patented yeah. it, even yeah. though I didn't do nothing with it. You know, I, you're right. I'm did, paying did, for a patent on it. You're right. You need to come right. up with a tangible. It's because you know, there's there's certain there's certain. Look, I I, I myself have thought about a business process. A business process in which would be, I believe, successful, but it does require funding. And I've never really told people about the idea simply because if I can't patent the idea and if I can't take this off the road myself to prove that it could be successful, I run the risk of giving off the information to the wrong person and then having them take it and run in without ever having to give me a share of profit. So let's talk about the idea off air. We can fucking try to yeah we will we blow will. this shit out of the water like we will I'll be, I'll be hella motivated when i see other people making it yeah, it's, it's beautiful man when like people hate that shit but i like when people say man like i it's beautiful I got, like i'll be like yo like congrats my nigga like like that shit is dope that shit is really really dope to me and it make me think You're, back like yo i need to embrace make some shit happen yeah i need to fucking make this shit happen if he's out here making it like i'm sure there's room for me Somewhere it's embracing success. You know, I, I I read once that if you embrace success, you attract success. If you hate on success, you will attract nothing but unsuccessful ventures or ideas yourself. Yeah, it's the the the, the uh, what is that? The law of uh, the law of attraction. Yeah, it's all you know, if if you bring out that negative vibe, you're just you gonna put get out. That. You you get back what you put out. Right. Mm-hmm. When you think bad things, bad things tend to happen. Think good things. Good things tend to happen. And I think, you know what, you know, you know, let's touch on that for a second. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's 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 just get a little quick couple minutes and dive in this, man. Yeah. Cause I don't I don't think that in, you know, because there's probably a lot of people listening or a lot of us that have been in a position where we are in negative states of mind. Right. Right? You know, I was um kind of to kind of lean into into this for a second. I was listening to an interview right. with Tyson Fury. For those of you that don't, that don't know who Tyson Fury is, he was the former undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. He's currently the lineal um, champion, um, and he just fought uh, Deontay Wilder, which was an amazing fight. We'll touch on that a little bit later in this podcast, but I want to get to this for a second, man. The dude is undefeated. He had just won you know the the undisputed belts from a dude that was it was he was meant to tear him apart he had won the titles and then he comes to say that you know in germany he went to the the other person's backyard to fight in his backyard and he won them in his backyard and took his belts so you could imagine how ecstatic you should be right mm-hmm. but he mentioned how shitty he actually felt how de- like he he went into a depression state of mind he didn't box for almost two years. Like, he literally gave up the belts. You know, like, you had your biggest win of your career, and yet... Are you talking about uh, Fury? Yeah, Tyson Fury, when, yeah. when he beat uh, Vladimir Klitschko in Germany. He beat Klitschko for the belts, and but he went into this de- in, in this depression state of mind, which was incredible, because you would assume that, well, I mean, damn, you just did the impossible... You've read, you, you've met, I mean, you, you've reached a goal that's so high. Right. And instead of being happy and, and, and embracing your success, you're depressed and ashamed of what happened. You know, and I think that 
in so many different ways, mm-hmm. us as human beings in general, we tend to do that to ourselves. I think I think that nowadays, basically, depression is a word that's just thrown out so freely now. If you're feeling sad, I'm depressed. Like, I feel like it's just one of those things where we we put it on ourselves to make our situation worse than what it really is. And, you know, I, I just think that positivity is one of those things that you really have to learn how to embrace. It's not easy. Right. Especially during some tribulation. But in this case scenario, like, and this is why I use the Tyson Fury example. He didn't have a tribulation. He literally just but, did, he did the impossible, but yet he still went into that state of mind. I don't like so when you were explaining it just now yeah. about depression and how it uh how it how it resonates with people. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm like you. I do not want depression or you know what I mean anything like anything in that same realm to ever be a scapegoat. Right. I, we, I don't want that to be the reason mm-hmm. or or like just like the default, like, oh, I did it because I was depressed. Like, I don't want that to be the default. But if we're talking real about it, like depression is like super real. Oh, no, it is. Right. Absolutely. Like, like, yeah. like, I feel like I had I feel like I had some of it after I lost my dad in 2014. Like I was like really like fucking like it took me like super long to like. Um, super long to like just come to like you get what I'm saying like it'd be certain moments in the day where I would be like fuck like damn you know what I mean like I, mm-hmm. I would be hit so hard by it and it took a while just to overcome it you know what I mean it's my pops and then three weeks later to the day I lost my grandma like the two like of the four main pillars in my entire life are no longer here so like I was hit, like I was done. Like I, I couldn't get over it fully. Like every time I got over it, quote unquote, like it'll just rush back to me after a while. But like depression is real, man. Like and and and, and people people all like react to it different ways. They they cope with it in different ways and stuff like that. I mean, it it happens. You know what I mean? Like they say um, pressure either bust pipes or make diamonds. Right. So, you know what I mean? And then real quick, side note, I know my little brother, mm-hmm. he's, uh, I know he's been hit hard a little bit lately because now that you bring up depression, yeah, one of his mentors, like, growing up, uh, he's a police officer. Um, you know, he was, a, he was a really, really, really great dude. I only met him on a couple of occasions, so I don't really, I can't really speak to you know what I'm saying? Like how my brother would feel about it, but he just committed suicide like oh, three shit. like three days ago. And so I'm sure like depression played a part somewhere in there. But like I know he was a really, really great dude. Like he helped my brother get back on a track that he should be on. So my brother right now is like super hit. So I do want to send a shout out to um Sergeant Sergeant, I'm sorry, Sergeant Douglas Campbell and his family. Wow. Um, you feel what I'm saying? Like yeah. I just hope uh they can find some comfort and peace in the man that he was. Um, but I'm sure there was problems that he had in his in his heart that he couldn't deal with anymore, that he just kind of broke under the pressure. 
I'm sure it was things that maybe even his wife and children and close loved ones didn't really even know the gravity of. At a, and you know what I mean? So stuff like that is uh is unfortunate, but shit. I mean, I hope I but, hope you uh I hope you got out of this life what you wanted. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's the only thing we can at this I know, point. But you know what? Likewise, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but you know, this is just um I mean, I guess a side note in between what you're mentioning, mm-hmm. but, you know, related to the same thing. There's someone that uh, that we know, and if you didn't know, I'll let you know on the outside of this, that, you know, they had a a cousin's son, you know, hang themselves, commit suicide also. Mm, I think I know what you're talking about, but, yeah, yeah. that's it's crazy. So it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you see, he, he, here's, he, I guess here's my thing, man. My thing is that I think we just, as a society, man, Mm -hmm. we just have to find ways to truly embrace positivity. Now, and this is what I'm talking about. It's very difficult to do so. I understand that. I really, really do. Because everybody's circumstance is different. So, you know, what can make me sad can make someone else happy, you know, or what, what makes someone else sad may not give a shit to someone else. You know what I mean? You know, it's if you lose a loved one, it's impactful, I would assume, for everybody. It, it may change the scope of how you feel or how you how you act or, you know, whatever it may be. There, there's a change that happens. Right. Right. But I guess when I when I when I look at all this stuff, right. For whatever reason, I've noticed that most. And again, this is just based on information that I've seen. All right. I'm not going based on statistics now. I'm not going based on factual evidence in which I've looked for. I'm just going based on experiences that I've heard, seen visually in my own surroundings. Right. Most people that actually commit, you know, or or, or that go through this process of actually deciding suicide are, are folks that actually don't, ha- I mean, on paper, don't have it that bad. Like, they, they, they got their loved ones around them. Right. They have financial stability. They have, uh, you know, moral support. They, I mean, they, they, they have everything that you would only assume. Again, we don't know what the internal situation is, but this is just looking at it from an outside perspective. They have everything that you would say would be the necessity to continue. Mm-hmm. You know, and I guess one of the things is that maybe kind of digging deeper, you know, although you have all those supporting backgrounds, if you can't find it in yourself to try to be positive for yourself, whatever the demons are that are are, are coping with you or, or that are internal, it's going to be very hard to overcome. Because, again, I, I there's no way that I can wrap my mind around it because I haven't been there. Right. You know what I mean? But that's why it's so hard to talk about. You know? it, 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 exactly. And I just I just wish the best for everybody listening that if you know somebody that has an issue like this. Because I, I think that, and me personally, I've, I've been in a low state of mind. I wouldn't say depression. Because for me, depression is when, I mean, it's 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 beyond rock bottom for me. Right. That, that's my definition of it. Everybody may look at it differently, and I don't want to offend anybody, but in my world, I would say that if I ever use the word depression, it's literally because I don't have a home, I don't have a family, I don't have an income, and I'm living under a bridge, and I don't even have enough to put a tent over my bridge, and I'm asking the dude next to me if I could just 
sharing with them. You know, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, it, it, there's there's levels to it in my in, in my state of mind of what that would be. So, but regardless of that, though, I would say it's very important that we really just, I mean, who knows, man? You know what they say? You, you ever heard the saying that, you know, if you're smiling at somebody, it might change the perception. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if we just kind of embraced more positivity across the board. Right. You know? It's, I mean, just in general. I mean, what's so hard about just being positive? A hundred percent. I mean, it's a, it was a rap. This was a rap lyric earlier this year um, by uh, Royster59. He's, he's, he's a lyricist from Detroit. Okay. In case you didn't know. I didn't. But Continue. what he said in his, um, what he said in the rap is, check up on your strong friends. The friends who act like they got it all together. Right. The friend that act like they tough. Nothing can happen to them. Emotionally, physically, like when you say what's up to him, what's up, how you doing? Like, no, like, mean it. Like, what's up? Like, how are you doing? I don't mean to just like a lot of we we fall into a habit. Oh, I'm doing good. I'm all right. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, really, like, stop. Like, stop. Tell me, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Like, genuinely, like, like, and I feel like that's a problem with men. Be a friend. It, it, I think that's a problem with men, though, because we all want to be tough, strong, um, mentally, physically, in every way you could think of, right? But, like, we don't stop ourselves to really, like, check in on ourselves emotionally. So when somebody says, how are you today or how are you doing today, like, it's something that's just said so, so loosely because it's said by everybody. Of course, if Joe Blow, you walk by him and he said, yo, what's up? How you feeling? Of course, you're going to be like, I'm good, man. I'm feeling good. But when your friends say, how are you doing? Like, we don't st- we we don't stop. We haven't stopped to, like, really think, like, how am I doing? But you know what I think that is, though? What is that? I think that nowadays we don't consider too many people as friends. We live, we live in a society nowadays, man, like, I, you know, there was there was a point in time where you would have a group of friends grow up together mm-hmm. and they would be around each other from youth until death in some cases. It was an embracement that they, they were always there for each other. They were like brothers, families, you know what I mean? Yeah. But nowadays it's not like that. Nowadays it's like you make a new friend, your life takes you somewhere else, you drop that friend, you make a new friend. So it's like you you could, I mean, nowadays you really just never really could commit or really feel like you have a true friend to really express yourself to. Because it's just like. It's because we all think everybody has an ulterior motive. You know what I'm saying? Like, like to have a friend. Is it that though? Um, possibly. I mean, but to like have a friend that genuinely just doesn't want anything from you. Mm-hmm. Like. You get what I'm saying? That doesn't have these high expectations for you that know you like you. Right. Like, I feel like that's it's 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 a rarity these days. So that could be another reason why. I mean, the advent of the internet. Well, like, how much do we really know somebody? Like, really, really know somebody? That could play a factor into it somewhere. I'm sure somewhere it does. That's why fucking catfish is a show. You know something? I, I think, you know, now that you, you know, you just opened my eyes to something. What if? 
That's what we're here for. What if it's more or less the fact that... What, what am I trying to say with this? What if it's more or less the fact that we've come to the conclusion mm-hmm. that everybody is out to benefit or work towards themselves and only for themselves? I think that's what it is. That I think that's part of what what ails us. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, Because, like, just think about me and you. Mm-hmm. Bro, I don't want anything from you. All right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you, you the homie. You my dog. You my brother. Like, I, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you tell me something happened to you and it hurt you, like, I'm going to feel hurt, too. But I'm going to be like, damn, like, you feel like this thing goes away. Like, fuck, he's, he, he, that, right, that, whatever, whatever it was, whatever that was, it hurt him. It made him feel a certain type of way. I'm going to be like, fuck, like. Right. You know what I'm saying? It'll affect me in some type of way. And and, and in some, in a lot of cases, I don't feel like people feel like that for each other. And, and well, you know what? And, and yeah, man, because I can tell you this much, right? Like, there's there's a lot of people that I've come across like, in my life where you got a problem. I want to help you fix it. Yeah, yeah. Like, where where can I? Like, is there anything I can do to like help you remedy the situation? You know what's crazy though, and I'm glad you I, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that, man, because I think that because. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest problems, and this is just me being being honest with you guys, mm-hmm. like I got a very small circle, and for those that know me personally, I've really kept a small circle, you know, and not not because necessarily that I don't trust people, yeah, you know, it's not really necessarily that, and uh, because I mean, yeah, granted, I'm not a very trustworthy person up front, I may seem that way, but I'm very calculative. You know, when it comes down to who I give, uh, who I provide trust with, but I feel like in so many aspects of life, I've come across a lot of people, right? Yeah. That temporarily, like I guess, provide some sort of um, uh, what is that? Like some sort of help, mm-hmm. right? I remember years back when I was working at um, at Carmax, right. You know, selling cars. Or there was a dude that, you know, me and this dude used to have some, like, conversations. Like, some deep, deep thought conversations. Some religious conversations in some cases, man. Just really, like, digging deep. Yeah. And I would enjoy actually having these conversations with this person. Because I almost felt that this person actually understood where I was coming from. And I understood where they were coming from. So, there, it was this type of relationship where we understood each other. Mm-hmm. Because it's almost like we were fi- we were we were fighting against the same demons and going towards the same goal. Right? Yeah. You know, so you would only assume that if you come across somebody like this, you'd be like, dude, man, this could this could be like a homie for like a long time. Like, yeah. like somebody like this can be like a road dog, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it seemed that way for a little while. Until you start seeing true colors of people down the road, you know, because some people are like some people have the gift of gab to sell you something. And some people just have the gift of gab to make you feel a certain kind of way as far as a a surrounding circle, you know, as far as like being being in public kind of thing. Yeah. And I learned that from this person, you know, because like, you know, because this person used to ask me a lot of advice. I used to give him a lot of advice. Right. You know? And don't get me wrong, I'm still cool with this person till today. Right? But I've told this person straight up, like, you know what, man? Like, you know, 
like I mean being straight you're you're a cool dude you know I mean we we've we mean you know you were considered to me like at one point as a road dog to me right because again we we were we were aiming for like a same goal kind of thing right so we were able to relate in a lot of different ways mm. but it's just like you know you see people's true colors once the chips start changing right you know what I mean Always. The moment that the the, the, the chips start kind of digressing or the moment that you kind of separate yourself and put yourself in a different position, you start to see people's true colors and saying like, okay, well, now that we're not in the same level, you know, the tides change. And I think that those were some of the things that I realized, and not just from this person, but many other people that I've come across in my lifetime, mm-hmm. you know, early, like in high school and stuff like that. And I'm just like, dude, it's very hard to trust somebody. Because there's many people that at the moment need your resources. And I think that 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 was one of the biggest things that I noticed with my personal perspective. A lot of people used my resources because I have a lot to deliver. I have a lot to offer. You know, I've always had very good connections and different little different little places with, you know, that takes the conversation into another like little realm. Yeah. Like, again, like this is when you like. When a person knows their worth, that scares people. Yeah. When you know exactly what you bring to the table. That's right. Despite your fuck-ups, despite your shortcomings and all that, when you know you can, you know, when you know you can deliver the goods, <laughs> people yeah. people back up. People shy away. Like Or sometimes like, they get close to just reap the benefit and then shy away after yeah. they got what they needed. Yeah. One way or another, you're going to find out. Yeah. And one way or another, it's going to be a lesson. And you get what I'm saying? Like, you got to you you got to take the good with the bad. You got to take it as it comes. Like, if you, I mean, you can't say, oh, I, you know it. You don't know it until, you, until you've been used, until you feel like you've been manipulated. You know what I mean? And whatever. Like, like, but, like, to, to just go back to an earlier point. I just think that's overall just like, and I don't want to be sexist. It could be a problem that happens within women's circles and women communities and stuff like that. But I feel like most of all the experience that I've seen and that I've had, that's a man, that's a man thing. Like we're just so reserved. We're so pulled back just because we don't ever want to leave ourselves vulnerable. Yeah. Like, or you get what I'm saying? Like, like men don't even tell men when they look nice. Bro, I like that outfit you got going on, man. You got the nice fresh cut to go with it. You look good, bro. We yeah, don't even don't, <laughs> we don't even say that. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I don't think I've I don't think I've ever, bro. I've compliment like when, think, a, when a dude walked in with a nice jacket and I liked it. I'm like, yo, that jacket is nice. That's a nice jacket. Where'd you buy that joint from? No, no, no. But but, <laughs> but here's the difference, though. You know, let, let, let me clarify something to the. <laughs> Bro, you can tell me my jacket is yeah, nice no, without no. being weird, man. No, no, absolutely. No, you know, and as a matter of fact, but, he, but there's levels to this, though. There's there's one thing to say, you see, because the way you said it the first time and the way you said it the second time, the second time makes sense. What's the difference? So you don't compliment the man. All right. So and, and, and so, <laughs> so this is this. this I'm, I'm going to give you the example here. So you compliment the woman. Right. So you never tell the woman, wow, that looks really nice on you. No, you tell the woman, wow, you look very nice. 
Very Although, very and, and, and then and then you comment on the fact of something new she's wearing. Are those new shoes? So then at that point you just said, Wow, you look nice. And by the way, wait. You must got some oh wow, you got some new gears going on. You see what I'm saying? So that's what I mean by that. Now, complimenting a man. You never compliment the man. You compliment the product. Now, here's what I mean by that. Because I've done this before myself. You compliment the accessory. Hey, bingo. Man, you walk, <laughs> bro, because, hey, I've, 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 I've done that shit where dude comes in with some fresh kicks. Black. Player. Man, those kicks are fly. Them is fresh, huh? Right? Fresh ass kicks. But that's it, though. I never tell him, hey, man, you look really good in kicks. Like, nah, 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 bro. <laughs> you that, made it. You made it sound all weird. Like, that type of compliment <laughs> is the compliment that I don't need bro, to be giving. If I walk in and then not, <laughs> if I buy a suit and I get that motherfucking nice and clean at the cleaners, get it pressed up, get it nice okay. and altered, and Perfect. I walk in. All right, you know what I say to that? You can tell me my suit's nice. No, without you, that's you know right. What I, but you know what? I, you know what I'll tell you first? What player? What kind of suit is that? <laughs> and then you'll answer. Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's a little Valentino suit. That's all, you know. Pig skin in the inside, cashmere on the outside, you know. Nice little three-piece. Do you see? And I'll be like, damn, that shit is sick. But not once did I ever say, player. You look good. You look good in that suit. Not once. <laughs> I th- man. That, that's not what we look at. I mean, I mean that's not what I look it, at. We can call it how you see it. I mean, because look. <laughs> but when you compliment a woman, like you can, I feel like you can tell a lot about a woman. Like by the way she, just by the way she maneuvers. About you can tell when she got some new dick in her life. You can tell. <laughs> you can tell when you know she, you know, got a little extra money. You, you can always hey, just tell. Can I mention something? Bro. Is that weird? It, I mean, you know what? It, 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 I look. feel like it's on purpose sometimes. A lot of times, at least. No, I, I think more or less. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Mm-hmm. I will shit you not. I think it's more. I think for women, it's more of a front. Now, might be. A- any women listening to this, I mean, you can you can go ahead and comment. Let me know if I'm if I'm being sexist, if I'm being wrong about this. But this is my honest assessment. Please let them know. So here's my assessment. Number one, when a man gets some new pussy in his life, the man still acts the same. The only difference that you'll notice is that he's probably being a little bit sweeter in some cases. So we don't necessarily brag about, oh, my God, my woman this, this chick that, blah, blah. No, no, no. We don't brag like that. Mm-hmm. We don't try to emphasize, oh, my God, look at this beauty. No, 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 no. We just keep it to ourselves, and we just, you know, we go about it, and then you just notice you know, us being sweeter elsewhere. You may, you may let the homies know what, what, what the deal is. but oh, yeah, I mean, the close homies, yeah. But, but the girl, on the other hand— play it very close to the chest. Yeah, bingo. That's it. But now, the woman, on the other hand, they will literally start wearing— some flashy stuff. They They'll start losing some project. weight. They'll start projecting like, hey, you know what? I got some Look, new dick in my life. I got I'm, some new dick in my life. I'm feeling better. I'm doing good. Oh, my God. My life has changed. It was, it's was. it been a 180. Shut the fuck up. And the reality to that is that, and I've noticed Shut this. Up. I've noticed this. Yeah. The majority of times when I've seen a woman do this, it's because they're doing the best they can to convince themselves that whatever they left behind was basically the worst decision they ever made. They they convinced themselves that whatever it is that they left was, my God, that's the worst. Why did I ever think this? And I, and, and, and it's funny to me because I, I hear women do this often where they say, oh, my God, that guy's the biggest mistake of my life. And I just sit back like, bitch, you were with this motherfucker for years. How the fuck was he the biggest mistake of your life? 
I mean, when, just, when, when you ask a, a man, it's it's it's, it's female it's ego. Yeah, that's it. It's female ego. Like I mean, that exists. Male ego, female ego is, is just but, as they're both just as toxic. I, I toxic. Think we're not that. I mean, I don't think we're that much egotistic on that realm. Like for example, myself, I can I can literally tell you, hey, you know what? I was with this person. Great people. We just didn't work. But I would hey, never go back and say this I is the worst the women, person I've ever been I think, with. I think women use the uh, the big red button theory too. Explain. They, <laughs> elaborate, please. They know uh-huh. when they're when they're doing things intentionally to get a man to say something hmm. or to act a certain way. Okay. So. You, you mind shedding an example for the listeners here? Um, let me think. Let me think. Okay. So, Paint a picture. Paint a picture. So, so I explained. The big red theory is when you tell a child, don't touch that button, mm-hmm. every fiber in that child's body is burning up because now they want to touch the button. Right. Right? A woman will do something like wear something just a little bit more extra than what they usually wear. Provocative. That's a nice word. Okay. They will say things or they will act a certain way. Okay. Just to garner that attention. Right? From the other part. So so basically, mm-hmm. she is in a way or two saying, um, don't look at my titties. And in your fucking head, you're like, I'm looking at the fucking titties. They out. <laughs> that bra you're wearing is not even a bra. That, you know, you get what I'm saying? Until the point where you have to just make some sort of acknowledgement. You're like, fucking, I'm touching a button. What a, you look very, very great today. <laughs> right? So, or they'll, okay. they'll drop little hints. I'm not with my guy anymore. We're having issues. We're having problems. Right. To the point where you have to say, what happened? Do explain. Do tell. Please. Please. Get the lady a, a, a tequila, uh, uh, whatever, a, a tequila uh, pineapple juice. Seven explain. of those, please. Go ahead. Explain. <laughs> Bring one every time she finishes the other. Thank soon you. Soon as she takes that last little, <laughs> through the straw, soon as you hear that noise, you're like, bartender, please have another one ready. Please. Hey, you seen the Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. Remember that scene? He's like, Bring, keep bringing another one every five minutes till one of us passes the fuck out. Right? <laughs> yeah. Soon as you... Excellent strategy. Soon as you hear the, soon as you hear the, str- the, 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 the ice on the bottom of that glass just tingling around, like... You're walking up with, literally with another one. You're like, oh. please, I'll just put it on that tap that I just gave you. Put it there. Explain, but it's it, it is it's the big red button. <laughs> the so, strip club is the big red button. So, so you're sitting there. You, I've walked in the strip clubs like uh-huh. I'm not spending no more than X amount of dollars. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, hold up. Wait a minute. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't mean. I don't, <laughs> listen. I don't mean to put you on the spot like this. I don't mean to put you on the spot like this. But I'm curious to know mm-hmm. because. We're not balling out of control, but not I'm only curious, though. Not by a long shot. Right. And I'm only curious, though, if and when a good strip club. Now, now this is why I want to make this very clear. 
when I say good strip club, I'm, I mean a really good strip club. I don't mean just an average strip club that we just went to downtown. Because if if I may say on the air, which I will regardless if I may not, mm-hmm. we've been to a few strip joints ourselves. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, we've had some nice encounters, uh, to say the least. <laughs> like, you know, like just, just good company, per se. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Had a good time. Exactly what a strip club is for. So when I mean, what would be the dollar amount for the for the for the listeners out there? If you're a man and you go to a strip club, what is the proper dollar amount to enjoy and have fun? What would you say? What, what would you say the dollar amount would has to be at a bare minimum so that these guys could be prepared and tell themselves, you know what? When I go to the strip joint to have as much fun as these dudes do, how much do we need? It's a loaded question, <laughs> but. <laughs> It just depends. It just depends. Is it my birthday? Oh, that's a good question. It just depends. Okay. Okay. Are you know what? Let's do this. Let's do this. All right. It's not your birthday. It's not my birthday. It's, it's just a regular regular it, Saturday night. It, it's regular Saturday night that just okay. happened to have been hyped up, per a circumstance of an earlier event. Okay. So what you mean is you're out. You Whatever ex- event you're at, just ended early, or you just got tired of it. No, now you're just no, trying to. No. 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 Let, let me. Okay. So the event in which you were in was already hyped up. It was great. But now you realize that it was coming to its close and you realize, wow, I want to keep this going. Man, I'm 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 at my peak right now. Yeah, bingo. So Okay. Go. That's a scenario. Hit it. All right. I feel like all right, so I'm gonna give you I'm, I might give you two answers. Okay. The reason why is them. because <laughs> it depends on what type of strip club goer you are. Oh. There's the guy. Mm-hmm. That's a, you know that, that's a very good question. Yeah, there's the guy who just wants to be at the stage, get teased a little bit, throw a couple ones, and kind of uh, bounce. There's the guy who, and this is the guy that I am. I just like to get ducked off in a little, and you know, get tucked away. Mm-hmm. And just be chilling. Let whatever happen happen. Right? Like I just get tucked off. I get you know. Yeah. Just, might get a drink and just be in a corner. Just kind of. Just just let the, let the dancing go yeah, on. I'm not the guy at the at the at the um, stage just just dropping. Okay. Just I gotcha. just, just spending. Okay. So if if you're that guy, I don't know what you're spending. You're probably up. In the four, five, six hundred dollar range. Okay, all right. Right, but if you're the guy like me, you're probably like in the you know two, three tops range. Okay, you know, like I'm not, I'm not really the big, the big spender. Like you know, look, I'm the guy. Get a little drink. God forbid, there's good chicken wings. I'm in the corner, just you know, little ranch dipping, enjoying yourself, enjoying myself. Oh, so, oh, hey. What's your name? Candy. Oh, Candy, nice to meet you. How are you today? You're the fifth Candy I met today. <laughs> so, I mean, that's neither here nor there. Are you sure your name is not Dulce? <laughs> Dulce. <laughs> Marisol on standby. Mar- <laughs> no, what, what was it? Was it Marisol or Mariposa? <laughs> no, it was, it was Marisol. Marisol on standby. <laughs> He's a, and that dude was committed. Marisol on standby. Just letting you guys know, Marisol is on standby. So all the people in the in the in the place, <laughs> that's a fan of Marisol. They make their way to the stage. 
Hey, you know what? Something. But, That's right. how it happened. That's why they announced it. So let me tell you something. I, 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 you might remember this night, and there was, you know, again, there was multiple nights that uh, that, that 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 we shared happy ventures. Mm-hmm. I recall this one night. It, 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 that was the first time that we actually, I think, we went out though. No, like for like at a strip joint, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. It first, may have, it may have been. I don't so. Know. It's the uh, um, so check this out. <clears throat> so here's the kind of person that I am. So you kind of explained, you know, you kind of tuck yourself away and you know and, and that stuff, and that's that's very accurate because you know I'm, I'm witness to it. Right. Now, in my case, I'm a little different because in in my case, as you know, uh, you know I, I'll be I'm one of those I, I'm relaxed and calm kind of dudes too. I go to the strip club. Because you know what? Look, I used to have a big grudge against strip clubs. Uh-huh. Okay, my biggest grudge against a strip club used to be the fact that I don't want to be teased by some sexy ass bitches putting their pussy on my cock and I can't <laughs> fuck. Like, it, it used to bother me before. Like, it used to really get me angry. But mm-hmm. then, but then I realized that the strip club is not really so much about trying to get laid. If you go to the strip club to get laid. You got a fucking problem because the strip club is more oh, of a, yeah. it, it's more of an art. I've oh, learned yeah. this. Get it, out. Yeah. Kill it, yourself. It, it's an art that you have to appreciate because the woman's body is such a fucking beautiful sculpture that you just have to enjoy it. You don't have to necessarily fucking, you know, try to smash these bras because they're not easy. I mean, they, well, don't get me wrong. Well, let me let me take that back. Some of them are <laughs> some of them are some of them aren't. But. The, the the point where I'm trying to get to is this. Like myself, when I go to a strip joint, mm-hmm. I'll be the dude just sitting there close to the stage, but I'll find a chair, a comfy chair, where I can get my drink, sit it aside, take sips, view, and I won't even throw any dollars. I'll just... Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. And I wait for broads to come to me. Until one captures my attention to say, wow, your sculpture is, 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 is impressive. Then we go to the private rooms. Thank God Almighty. You see? Yeah. I said, you know what? This is worth the private room. I will follow you where you're pulling me to. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then, and, and of course, I'll be missing for about an hour, hour and a half or whatever the fuck it may be. Right? Mm-hmm. And then I come back just smiling and no one tells what happens in those fucking places. You know, because when, look, you know it's what? Just, it just embeds in your mind. And that's it. Yeah. It, it, you it, just, you know, you here, just. Here's, here's the art of a strip club and the art of some shit. Because there's some strip clubs that do some random shit. Strip that club etiquette is important. Bingo. So no matter what happens at a strip club, you don't really emphasize or express what happened in a strip club. You just express the following details. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Was it a good time? Of course. Did you see some nice looking women? Absolutely. That's about it. Because, you know, whatever happens in the strip club, I mean, hey. Yeah. Yeah. So, going to that extent, I probably, let me see. On average, I would probably do maybe, because, you know, the, the, those little private stuff aren't, are, it's not that cheap. So, I probably do roughly anywhere between, I want to say about five to eight. Five to eight or so, because I like the experience. I, I, I like I like to I, I like to be able to. I got you. You, you know, gotta get your, you gotta get your feet wet. 
yeah, I, I, I liked that experience. Before, it used to get me upset, but then it, it wasn't until I realized the, the appreciation that you can have for this. What am I supposed to be expecting? You know what I mean? I got yeah, you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, what am I, I supposed to be expecting? That's it. Yeah. Because before, back in the day, my buddies used to take me to a strip club. I used to be pissed. What the fuck, man? Why the fuck am I watching these beautiful-ass women shake it? They're rubbing on me. They're jumping on top of me. And I can't even do anything. You know? I mean, well, then don't get me wrong. I mean, back in the day, there was some spots that they would be like, oh, yeah, for $300, you can... No, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> wait. I'm Whoa. good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Okay. I'm sure you made this offer to about 10 people before you got to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, thank you. But, you know, it, it's just the the idea of it. You know, you just have to learn how to enjoy it, have the strip club etiquette, per se. It's all the big red button. Right. Back to it again. But, I mean, it is what it is. I um, I got to take a piss like a motherfucker. Just Jack Daniels is uh, is, is working on it. Is you. really running right now. Go but, ahead. Um, Work it out. Might not be a bad time. You're right. Hour and a half in, man. We want to give everybody a shout out. We want to thank you to all the listeners, the subscribers, the commenters, the people that just hit me up on the, on the, from time to time and saying, yo, keep doing what you're doing. One of these times, one of these episodes is going to be the answer to all the problems. That's what, you know, we're, we're working towards. Um, episode 24 will be out. We'll be soon. Jay, anything to wrap up with? Look, um, last thing I want to wrap up with is the fact that, uh, you know, <clears throat> we want to appreciate everybody right off the bat. But just last little note I have to throw out there super quick. Because I mentioned I would in the little the quick video I said last time around. You know, Tyson Fury is a new undertaker. <laughs> I, I just got to just that nigga got up like he forgot the kids at school. He was like, oh, shit, let me go. <laughs> he was drunk and high as fuck and then realized I got kids to go pick hey, up. And also ESPN 30 for 30. They just dropped this. Uh, oh, 42 to 1? 42 to 1. Hey. Those those are some crazy-ass fucking odds. I want to watch that shit because, yeah, I, like, I want to know what the, like, I want to be able to try to feel that impact when Tyson got KO'd. Like, what that impact meant because they said it was the, that was the biggest underdog win ever in, in, in boxing, boxing history. history. Yeah. So I want to I wanna try to try to grasp that. So let's dive into that next week. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I know I promised you guys that I would actually talk more about Tyson Fury and Wilder this episode, but you know what? We leaned off a bit a little bit, but much love. Remember, keep that positivity going, man. And, you know, just over and out, player. That's it. I, that's Peace. I got. That's it. Deuces.